Hey everybody, welcome to another drive through board game blog. Uh, today I'm gonna talk about my top 10 gaming regrets. So these are my the top 10 games I regret getting rid of. Uh, so this is going to be kind of an easy relaxed video so you can minimize it and kind of listen to it like a podcast for sure. I'll try to put up some images, but, because I don't have the games anymore to really take pictures of or anything. Uh, but you can actually listen to it as a podcast. Uh, I have been uh, releasing reviews and top 10 lists and vlogs and stuff on a, a podcast that I'll put some links to the iTunes and various feeds uh, below. But some folks had uh, asked that I start doing that. And so I started doing that. And you can listen to it while on your way to work or whatever. Uh, or while you're at work. So let's just jump into this top 10 uh, regrets. <laughs> so number 10 is a game called 1989 and this would be much higher because the game is awesome but I already have a game called Twilight Struggle and I have another game which I really have enjoyed which would definitely crack into my top 100 had I played it before I made the list and that's Worsindas Volk uh, which means we are the people and that is about the sort of East Germany versus West Germany uh, type of thing and it's a card-driven game, and it has kind of area influence, and you build up your economy on either side. Uh, I did a review of it. Uh, really excellent game. But because I have those two games in my collection, I kind of regret less getting rid of 1989. Although 1989 is an awesome, awesome game. <laughs> so I kind of still regret getting rid of it. But as you can see, I have these two shelves and a little bit of space for new games over there to come in. That's it. So that's my limit. I'm not going to, like, turn my son's room or our closet in the master bedroom into a game storage. This is my limit and that's what I'm gonna live with. So at this point in my life, I'm a reviewer, so I do get a lot of games for free um, on top of games that I may or may not buy. And so at this point, I'm getting rid of games that are awesome <laughs> because at least in my opinion. So it's really tough sometimes I'm like, this game's really good, but I have no space for it because this other spot where I wanna put it that's really good too, you know, so that's where I'm at. So a lot of these, all these are going to be amazing games that you should all go out and play and buy, <laughs> even though they're not in my collection. All right, so that was number 10, 1989. Number nine is Hero Quest. Again, one that I don't regret as much because I have games like Shadows of Brimstone and so on that I would much rather play. But I have had a uh, hankering to play Hero Quest like with my son or something. Because it's a little bit more, you just set it up and go. It's pretty simple. The mechanics are there. Uh, you know, he can control all the heroes. I can play Zargon and all that stuff. That was my fair way to play it, actually. I played it uh, with a group of friends when we first got it. And then the last time I played it, which was whew, early 2000s, something in there probably 15 years ago, let's call it at this point. And a friend of mine set it up. He had played it long ago. And then he set it up, he played Zargon and I played all the heroes and we just played through the whole campaign that way. It was awesome. We had a great time. We played it like over the course of a week or something. It was, it was great. Um, but I'd like to do that again. And it just, yeah, it's like, you know, kind of a roll and move kind of thing. And there's not a lot going on, but um, you know, it's just, it's just super fun and equipped to play. So uh, number eight is The Boss, and this is a game I also get regret getting rid of. I think this is being reprinted, so I might be able to actually pick it up again, but um, 
this is a very interesting, different kind of game. Uh, I did a review of it. I don't think there's many reviews of it, so you might just have to watch mine. You might be stuck with that. But uh, definitely take a look at this. It's got this kind of interesting deduction kind of thing happening where you're kind of like, it's almost like a blind bid, but not quite. Uh, but you're kind of sending gangsters or or different things to different cities and then you're trying to have most influence on there so it's kind of a blind area control kind of thing but you can be trying to kind of throw people off in terms of where the most valuable uh you know money is going to be at and stuff like that so take a look at the review it's a really really interesting game the reason this is not in my collection is because uh not a lot of people i've played it with have really liked it i think i'm the one that has liked it the most we played it with the family I played it at work at lunch and I played it, uh, you know, with my gamer group and nobody was really, really sold on it. And I had it for a while there where I'd bring it and people were like, yeah, let's play something else. So they just kind of got rid of it at that point. But I recommend it highly. I may end up picking it up again when it comes out. Maybe they'll make a rule tweak or something that'll really push it up in people's minds. But I don't think it needs one, but who knows? So that was 10987 is now Settlers of Catan with uh, Seafarers of Catan and Cities and Knights. I talked about this in my previous top 10 to a large degree. Uh, this is a game I regret getting rid of and I still have an inkling to play this. Uh, it's the best way to play Catan. I talked a lot about it in my last top 10 so I don't want to go over too much. Uh, but this is another one I regret getting rid of because I do, um, I do really enjoy Catan. I've kind of gone back and forth on it but the last time, I, last couple times I played Catan uh, was, well, some of those were Star Trek Catan and some of them was basic Catan, but I really did kind of enjoy it. Uh, this kind of fixes some of the problems where it's just like so focused on trading, you still need to trade a little bit, um, but there's kind of enough else going on in terms of these different tech trees and stuff, and you can kind of have these different map layouts, so it's not the same damn island of Catan layout all the time. Uh, that really kind of spice the game up and make it a little bit more interesting. So it, to me, it's kind of an easy, light civilization game at that point with various map setups that it's kind of easy to play and you don't really have to get too crazy like clash of cultures or through the ages where you're like just in there like uh you know all this stuff's happening you know you can just kind of play relaxed and a little bit easier uh, so i think that deserves some credit for that uh, the next one is number six and that is uh, the great zimbabwe this is from splatter games and i do regret getting rid of this one the reason I got rid of this one is because like pretty much nobody I played this with liked it. I think somebody, somebody's gonna pipe up and say, oh, what do you mean I liked it, you know? But I don't know, every time I play with people are like, nah, I didn't really like it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, nobody likes this, so I'm gonna get rid of it. Uh, thankfully, I have Food Chain Magnate now, and it seems like a lot of people are, are really enjoying that one. And I'm pretty sure I like that better than uh, Great Zimbabwe. So, uh, so that's okay. Um, I would probably recommend folks get that. But they are reprinting, well, they're always reprinting Food Chain Magnate at this point, but uh, they are reprinting Great Zimbabwe as well. So I would take a look at that. That's a very different, unique kind of game too. It's one that can end, you know, in 45 minutes if somebody knows really what they're doing and they can just really, you know, beat you over the head with it. Or it can go, you know, a couple hours. Uh, it doesn't go too long. But uh, very interesting, unique game that there's not really anything like. It does kind of remind me of Food Chain Magnet to a degree, um, but it's still very, very different. Uh, so let's take a look at number five, and that is the Manhattan Project. 
definitely uh, regret getting rid of this one to a degree. Some folks in my group have it still, uh, so that's okay. So I get a chance to play it now and again, uh, so that's okay. But it's very cool worker placement game. And now, if you know anything about me, I like the more meaner worker placement games, like Kalos is my favorite one. Um, this one has that where you can actually, you know, send in spies and, you know, take out control sort of, or use people's buildings or send in bombers and you have this sort of arms race with, you know, the weapons and stuff in that game. And the whole theme of, of course, is to build a nuclear bomb, be the first one to build a certain amount of points worth of the nuclear bombs. Um, really enjoyed this one. Uh, Honestly, I'm not sure why I got rid of this one. I think at some point I was kind of like off it a little bit because it kind of has an abrupt ending. Um, you know, I was just kind of like, uh, you know, not like critically, it's fine. I, there's nothing wrong with it. It's really fun. But kind of ends sometimes where it's like, oh, it's abrupt. You know, and it's just kind of, you can kind of be picked on a little bit, you know, maybe with the bombing. You feel like you can be picked on. But having played it a few times since I got rid of it, I'm like, oh, okay, kind of easy. I'm a little bit more easy going about it. And you just kind of learn some different tactics and things to get around being picked on or picking on somebody else. And, and having a group of players that have all played it a bunch makes it really easy to get into. So I do definitely uh, regret getting rid of that one. Let's see, number four uh, is Railways of the World. Um, I actually made this list like a month ago, and I think this would be a little higher on the list now that I'm thinking about it, because I've been playing some Steam lately on the App Store. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, Steam, I like that a lot better than <laughs> Railways of the World. But when I was sit, sit down to make this list, it just dawned on me, I should have read through this list, um, but that's okay. Uh, when I sat down to make the list, I was like, you know, I kind of miss Railways of the World. I like the card pulling and stuff like that. And I like kind of just it was a little bit easier than Steam. Uh, at least, you know, the more like the full game of Steam. Uh, and I kind of like this. It. So it's, it's, you know, pick up and deliver, you're kind of delivering goods and, you know, all that stuff, just like Steam. Um, but you have these kind of special abilities that you kind of draft off the cards, uh, which makes it pretty interesting. Um, and it looks really cool and big on the board. And it would be kind of another one I'd like to bring back out with the family and stuff. Because uh, we do play Steam with the family, but this would be kind of an easier one. So if we didn't want to play something heavy, you know, depending on who's playing, um, you know, we could really play this. Like my son, would he's played Row of the World, but he's not played Steam just because it's kind of, you know, it's super mathy sometimes and he's not really into that. Um, but... Uh, Rails the World is something he can get into, and it's kind of big and looks cool and everything. It has like the little miniature plastic stations and all that. Um, but it would kind of, you know, it still satisfies my sort of Steam itch. So I'd like to have that. But it's also a really big box. <laughs> I don't really have a spot to put it. So that is uh, Rails the World. That was number, number three. And number four is Labyrinth, the War on Terror. And uh, I haven't really talked about this game because I played it kind of right before I started doing reviews and was just kind of like overwhelmed by the game at that point uh, and just couldn't really grasp what I want to do. It's actually, I think it's, I don't want to stress it too much, but it's much heavier than Twilight Struggle, I think. It's a little bit more harder to grasp than Twilight Struggle. Twilight Struggle, first time I played, I was like, oh, boom, this is just, I can get it, bam, bam. I can just, you know, I can, Maybe not win it, but I can get in and play and feel like I'm doing something that I, I feel like is a smart thing to do. Labyrinth was very obtuse to me. But I think at this point, since I've played a lot of these games, 1989, you know, Twilight Struggle, and a lot of the coin games, and a bunch of these other games, I feel like I should, would want to go back and revisit it because the theme is super crazy. Uh, you know, it's basically terrorism from 2001 till 
well, almost now, because I think there's an expansion to, you know, kind of uh, talking about the Arab Spring, quote unquote. Um, so I'd like to try it. I just want to get back and kind of revisit it because it's just, it's a topic that is just full of stuff. I mean, it just, you know, I don't want to dip into politics at all, but there's just so much happening in that sphere from like multiple perspectives. So I'm very interested in looking at that now. And also, cause I also have a little bit more time removed from myself. Yeah, I'm gonna slide into politics slightly. We've had two administrations now uh, from the United States, from my perspective, uh, dealing with, you know, that thing. Um, so, you know, we don't just have like one point of view on how to deal with terrorism necessarily, or at least not one monolithic point of view. We may, <laughs> depending on your point of view in the rest of the world, it may seem like we have the same point of view, but anyway, enough of that. But I'd really like to play this game. So I gave it a couple of shots and I just was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, get rid of it. Okay, uh, number two is Star Wars the card game. <clears throat> I need, why did I get rid of this? I had the first, the base game in like the first cycle, the Hoth cycle, and really had a good time playing this game. Um, now, I don't know that I'll reacquire it because there's so much more stuff to get. Uh, and I've got now the versus card game and the Game of Thrones and Ashes and, you know, that's and major Mage Wars. If they ever come out with anything new for that, that's kind of, you know, filling up shelf space. And I don't see Star Wars kicking it out. I do, though, have a hankering to play that once in a while because it is a really good game. It's really, really fun. Um, it does feel thematic. Once you get a couple of the expansions, you can get these cool combos of just different units and characters from the uh, the movies and the expanded universe and all that stuff. So it's a very, very cool game uh, that is so unique, too, in terms of how it plays. It's very asymmetrical with the way the Empire uh, and the Rebellion play. I would definitely recommend folks, you can just, you can pick up the base game and get several plays out of it as well. You don't have to go in and get all of the expansions, though at some point you're gonna kinda of want to, I think, to tweak your decks. But you can get a lot of plays just out of the base game. Uh, but I do kinda of regret getting, cause I'm a Star Wars, and I like Star Wars, so. Uh, it's, it's funky, I really enjoy it. Uh, and then the number one game uh, that I regret getting rid of, and there's a reason this is number one, is, is Mage Knight. Um, now this is a game that I've played with people, two and three players, and I played a few games solo as well. And it, it goes really, really long, which is kind of the problem, this is why I got rid of it. And it's very complex and you can play a turn and then you'll realize like two turns later, you're like, oh, I totally cheated on that last turn because I forgot to do this. You know, that kind of happens a lot. Uh, you know, especially if you just, if you just play it, like if I just got it now, I sat down to play it, kind of went back through the rules and refreshed my memory. I totally would play it wrong the first time. I would do something wrong. And it's not something I would play with my game group, I don't think. It would be something I would get to play solo, uh, which I don't really have a lot of time to do, uh, especially with a game like Mage Knight. But with my game group, if we we're going to play Mage Knight, we would play, not that they're similar, but we'd play like Shadows of Brimstone or we would play, uh, mm, I don't know, something else like that. Uh, Imperial Assault, which is not like Mage Knight at all, but it, if you wanted that kind of adventure-y kind of, you know, dropping through the land or going through the dungeon or whatever, you know, fun kind of Ameritrash kind of thing, even though Mage Knight is not an Ameritrash mechanically, uh, you know, we'd play something like that. It was a little bit more easygoing and more fun, quote unquote. Um, 
but I really like Mage Knight. Mage Knight's really, really cool. And I talked about, I think, um, in one of my post top 100 videos about how much I liked it. And I kind of talked, figured out where it would be on my top 100. But again, it's, it's awesome. The design is crazy. I mean, it's just like, you know, I wish I could design a game like that. That's awesome. You know, it's just so much happening in the different cycles and the creatures and the deck building mechanics and all this. It's just crazy. It's, and it's really fun once you sit down and you know how to play it and you play it a few times. But it's this thing, it's long. <laughs> and it's and it's taxing. Like it just, It's taxing. But it's good. You know, it's so good. Um, but it might be one that I pick up at some point if I kind of, you know have a change in gaming lifestyle or something let's say you know i would pick it up throw it up and have maybe a table if i had magically some room or one day um when the kids are gone or something like that you know that kind of thing i'd set up a room set up mage night play like for an hour and then go do something you know go visit my wife for a while or or go outside and do something it'd be that kind of game where i'd want to set up like a long war game you know like you know a lot of folks they'll set up uh uh, you know, game of no retreat or a coin game or, you know, case blue or something crazy. They'll leave it downstairs in their basement all set up and they come down on the weekends and they'll play for a couple hours and they leave it and they come back to it. And that's kind of how Mage Knight is. I think that would be a fun way to play it. Because you could take your time. You could take 20 minutes on a turn and then, you know, and it's got, I like the theme of it. I like the adventure feel of it. Um, but yeah, I think that's the one that I've had. If I really think about it, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, what do I, you know, regret getting rid of? What do I feel like playing? Oh, you know, once in a while, Mage Knight. I'm like, oh, Mage Knight, yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. And solo, no. I don't want to play with people. <laughs> I don't have to sit there for 20 minutes while you figure out what to do. Okay, so that's kind of interesting. I don't know if that's interesting for people. It was interesting for me to make the list. And I don't think I would really talk myself into getting any of these except Mage Knight. But there's stuff that, like, if you brought to me Star Wars, the the card game, or you said, hey, I had Labyrinth, let's play that. You know, I'd, I'd read, the, I'd totally read up on the rules and play it and stuff. But, um, but they are games that I want handy. I want somebody else to have them. <laughs> like Manhattan Project, you know, at least two people, I think, in my game group have it. And so it's, I'm, I'm glad. Please keep those so that when you do bring it out, we can play it and have fun with it. Because uh, it is an interesting... Um, this isn't just a reviewer thing either. It's an interesting kind of thing that happens uh, with board games is because, you know, you first get into it and you, you enjoy it. And your friends uh, bring the games over and maybe buy the games and you just play their games. And maybe you never go beyond that. You just play other people's games. And that would be awesome if, if I had that personality. <laughs> but I don't. And so... You know, then you maybe start your own little collection and you have a little shelf. It's nice. You know, look at my little shelf of games. That's nice. And then you get a bigger shelf. And then you start making videos on YouTube, you know. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, it's an it's a interesting point where you get to the point where you're like, okay, now I have too many games. I need to get rid of this crap. This stuff needs to get out of my house. Because I can't. I'm like drowning in the games. You know, you don't need to be a reader to do that. I've seen enough people with collections like, you don't review games. Why do you have so many? <laughs> you know? Uh, so there's a point where you have to start like making the tough call and getting rid of it. And that's, that's just, it's just, it's a weird thing. Cause it would be nice if you could just like shrink them down. Like video games, you just like I take up hard drive space. And nowadays you just upload them, you know, you get them from steam from the cloud and you just go, Oh, I don't want this game. I'm, I'm running out of hard drive space. Delete. And then three years later, 10 years later, if Steam is still around, you just say, oh, I want to play uh, Grim Dawn again. And then you download it. 
Grim Dawn is awesome, by the way. And it's a new game. And uh, yeah, and so it's just so much easier that way. <laughs> okay, that's the list. Thank you.